I think one of the greatest ways that you would get your child to listen to you is to say, so here's an interesting thing that you may not realize that parents really don't have all the answers or we really don't you know, know everything. We make mistakes too. Or something along the line of letting your kids slash teenagers, especially teenagers, know that you screw up. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss teaching your kids about good online citizenship, particularly with privacy. Stay tuned. The whole mission of Hitched is to help couples enjoy their marriage and live happily ever after. That's one of the reasons we have the Hitched Wine Club. We wanted to offer something that would be a reminder every month for couples to sit down, reconnect, and enjoy the company of one another. We have partnered with the fantastic Touring and Tasting who hand select the wines that will be delivered to your door each month. You can go to our website, hitchedmag.com, click on the Wine Club link, and check out the different club options available to you. Again, visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Cheers! Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is uh, the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information and much more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, talking to your kids about online responsibility. Uh, we have been hit with a lot of news about data breaches, Facebook data collection, privacy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and while this uh, was a big revelation for a lot of people, um, there are obviously some other people out there who have been warning of this thing for quite a while. Um, but I think it's a great conversation for the if, – if you haven't been having it already, I think this is a great opportunity to, to now have the conversation about what we do online, what's shared online, what's collected online, what happens when we go on social media, what happens when we join these little quizzes and games and everything. So we're going to kind of tackle this subject from – a parental standpoint, uh, and you know, maybe even as a parent, you might learn some things uh, as well. So, uh, first and foremost, Karen, what do you think is the most important message for parents to express to their kids? Well, I think you know, it's so hard. There's so many things, and and I really hate to give the message of fear. Um, I don't like. Uh, sending fear messages, but somehow I do think that we have to send a message that it's important to be cautious. Um, You know, when kids are growing up, we tell them that they have to be aware of strangers, that if something feels yucky, to tell an adult. And I think that that now has to be extended to the need to be cautious on our social media. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's really 
um, the most important message um, that we that we need to let our kids know that even though these are um, social sites, even though these are a way that um, we connect with other people and they have certain benefits, we also have to be wary. Uh, we can't do it in an irresponsible kind of fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think uh, I agree. Um, and though for those who um, are not familiar with my background, uh, I was a technology editor before I uh, started doing Hitched. So um, this is something that's dear to my heart. <laughs> this conversation about online social media and and so forth. Um, okay, so then. Do you have any tips on how parents can ease into a conversation with their kids uh, that will have them actually listen as opposed to doing like the eye roll of, you know, right, a, lot right. of, a lot of them Okay, so, so I want to admit something about your introductory remarks because not only do I want to admit it, but it's also my way of introducing the subject to your kids. Mm. So just now when you said that, you know, we have to be wary of like when we take little quizzes or whatever. Yeah. Um, one of the ways that I have helped decrease arguments in the car when my husband is driving, and this is a very typical argument between men and women, um, is that when the husband's driving, the, the woman panics and they have a lot of uh, conflict when they're driving is that I watch my iPhone as opposed to watching the road. Mm. And then I don't get nervous and then he doesn't get upset with me getting nervous. Um, In the passenger seat, you're saying... That's correct. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so after I've taken care of my emails and my texts and all of that, I go on to Facebook. And if there are little quizzes, I take them. Mm. And listen to what you just taught me, that those (laughs) little quizzes could actually make me subject to people getting my information. So there's something I didn't know, which I I won't do. It's it's interesting, too, because even on the smartphone, um, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a like a, an emoji GIF type keyboard that you can get. So you can mm-hmm. share messages and add your little style and flair to it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh cool. I want to get this. And so I downloaded the app mm-hmm. and I went to install it and it said, Oh, we need access to your contacts in order mm-hmm. to like, be able to share it with your contacts. And I was like, Nope, mm-hmm. like, you, you are supplying me with digital pictures. There's no way that I'm going to give you every single contact in my address book. Mm-hmm. And, and I think most people don't, first, I don't, I just, I just feel like most people don't read the stuff that pops up in front of them. It's just Mm -hmm. click, click, click. I want to get to my stuff, which is, I under, I totally understand that. But I also, because of, I mentioned my background, I also know there's a higher, there's more at stake than just that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think the most egregious thing that happened with Facebook wasn't so much that Facebook was buying and selling people's information. It was that they were buying and selling, uh, let me rephrase that. Facebook wasn't doing it. They give access to that information. But what was the most egregious part was that people who uh, were not participating participating in the quizzes or the sharing or the clicking and the liking, their information was being bought and sold as well because somebody in their network had mm-hmm. right. done that. Right. So it's uh, that that actually leads me to a question we're going to ask in the future, but. Um, so, uh, 
let's okay, get back so, to that original question. So how okay, can you so, get your kids to okay, listen? So, yeah. Okay, so that being said, I think one of the greatest ways that you would get your child to listen to you is to say, so here's an interesting thing that you may not realize, that parents really don't have all the answers, or we really don't you know, know everything. We make mistakes too, or something along the line of letting your kids slash teenagers, especially teenagers, know that you screw up mm-hmm. or that you make mistakes or that you don't know everything. I think that that's the way to get their attention. And, you know, for instance, if I were to talk, if I had teenagers, I could say, I just found out the craziest thing that I did that was a big mistake is like, oh, what? Mm -hmm. And then I could tell them that I've been doing quizzes on Facebook and it really opened up, you know, a can of worms, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then say, you know, I had no idea that when I do that, da, da, da. And the truth of the matter is, and then you could open up that discussion. I love that. That's great. I, while you were talking, it actually gave me an idea and I just want to uh, toss it to you and you let me know if you think this would work. Um, as a parent, you go to your kid, particularly if they're like in a teenage age and say, you know, I was thinking about downloading this app or doing this. Uh, do you know, or could you look it up and see if, uh, it would share my information or if they collect information on me, uh, giving them the power to, and, and putting responsibility on them to do that kind of research, but it also gives them that skill set that they can do it for themselves in the future. I think that that's certainly possible with some teens. Mm -hmm. Um, I think others might be, what are you bothering me for? (laughs) If you want to find it out, find out yourself. Uh Um, It's fine. Um, I think hearing your parents screw up is probably more attractive Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I think, you know, I think your suggestion might work for some, for some kids. Relationship dependent. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, now, is there a, uh, just in general, and I know everything's based on circumstances, but is there a difference between making decisions online versus on offline? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think as a matter of fact, if anything, you've got to be more cautious online. Do you think people have a different perception? I think that people, okay, there are some people who are just very skeptical. Uh I have a friend who orders nothing online. Uh Okay. My husband is a very skeptical person. So he very rarely um, would, would get involved with anything online. I have some people who wouldn't, who would never even join Facebook because they don't, you know, they don't trust it. Absolutely. That being said, I think that those of us who aren't quite as, um, scared, um, or skeptical tend to be a little bit too lax Uh being, um, online. And, tend to not realize all the possibilities there are lurking, and I purposely use that word, lurking where we really could get into trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, we have to be a little bit more careful. I think that, you know, we think, oh, it's just a, a computer here. It's just a machine. What's the big deal? And don't realize the layers and layers of um, underneath the surface that, 
you know, could really cause us harm. You know, um, to me, aside from uh, identity theft and things like that, you know, when you have people luring children into uh, pornography or into meeting them someplace and it's really uh, some kind of abuse Mm -hmm. um, because it just looks like a friendly chat and conversation and really, you know, you, the old example, they've run um, experiments that they show you on TV. Oh, my kid would never go with a stranger. My kid would never go with a stranger. Offer them a candy bar, off they go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, there are, quote, expert um, people behind the computer who have these conversations that really know how to attract a child. And it looks so harmless. It's very easy to entrap a child in things that they shouldn't be going to. There are sites that have URLs that uh, when you, uh, uh, you know, touch that link, it's, I forget what it was. I used to know them years ago. And I think in a, in a prior podcast, five million years ago that we did, Steve, we talked about this that says um, Snow White or um no, no, no. Uh, the White House, but it's the White House dot com as uh, opposed to dot gov, mm-hmm. which the White House would op- obviously use. And so when you press it, it's a porn site. You know, what's or funny is I uh, on the settings of the browser, you mm-hmm. can there's a there's an option to show the URL before you mm-hmm. click it and on most mm-hmm. browsers it kind of like pops up at the very 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 bottom of your browser as a mm-hmm. preview and i mm-hmm. always turn that on so i can hover a link and see where it's going to direct me mm-hmm. before i ever click on it well i didn't know that check it out because a lot is of- that available is that available for everybody uh-huh. And and most it's funny because most browser modern browsers have tried to strip down as much of the buttons and information as possible so you get just mm-hmm. the website information. And mm-hmm. so I think on most new stuff, you and when you think about your smartphone, you don't get that option because there is no hovering, right? It's just mm-hmm. a quick mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So it's a little tricky on a, a mobile device, but on um on desktops, uh there is an option where you can uh preview the link and i think it's under the windows tab uh on your browser so and it's all on all available on all the big ones okay if may i don't know you know you're so good at teaching i don't know if there's a way that you could with this podcast um do a little <laughs> i'm giving you a little extra homework sure. here <laughs> uh if you could uh do a little tutorial on how to uh, add that to people's, um, you know, learn, teach them how to do that. That would yeah. be great. I've actually thought and talked about um, doing because I uh, used to write a bunch of tech columns and whatnot. I, I, I've talked and thought about launching a tech column on Hitch that was mm-hmm. geared toward this kind of stuff that we're talking about, very family oriented. So mm-hmm. not like super weedsy, but just, you know, the basic stuff that. Uh, as technology evolves, we just take it for granted that we have it, but then we don't think of the repercussions of like, what is this supercomputer in my pocket mm-hmm. capable of, and what is it mm-hmm. divulging about me? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I might, I might actually move forward on that. Good. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yes, I do think that um, if there is a difference between those decisions, it's mm-hmm. probably that you've got to be even more cautious with. 
uh, online than offline. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted, I just uh, came up with this anecdote today about the difference between um, online and offline. And, and I absolutely understand the skepticism of people not wanting to shop online or whatnot. But I also feel like it's a misunderstanding of what actually happens in the technology mm-hmm. and people's comfort with the familiar as opposed to comfort with the secure. And my my wife is going to start selling. She she runs her own thing, uh, and she's got some T-shirts she's about to sell. And so we're looking for a way to make accept payments um, from our smartphones uh, mm-hmm. and for for face to face transactions. And there is an app that you can. Um, you don't even need the card reader. You basically use the camera of the f- smartphone to look at somebody's credit card, and it automatically scans the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then you enter the security code on the back, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. able to execute a transaction. And I thought, I can understand why somebody wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, right? like it's sure. really scary. And then I thought, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not super old, but I'm old enough to remember that when you would go into stores and pay with a credit card, that they would make a carbon copy of the entire card. Mm-hmm. Where they would run it through that machine and yes, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. don't, and we would. Like today, you'd think like, wait a second, you want to make take a Xerox of my mm-hmm. credit card? That seems crazy. Mm-hmm. And that was the offline mode. And now we have an online version of basically the exact same thing. And I can see why it would freak people out. But it's the same thing, essentially. Except that you're, you're right. Except that in the days that we ran it through and made a carbon copy, you didn't have the internet to spread the word, so to speak, like we do today, you know, in a matter of moments. Yeah, absolutely. And I would, you know, and I could counter with, and that information was never encrypted. Whereas as soon as it enters the smartphone, it becomes completely encrypted and the FBI can't get at it, you know? So um, anyways, that's uh, off topic. So um, is there a difference well, I actually asked that one. Let me move on to the next point. Uh, is it common for parents to talk to their kids about... I'm sorry. It's very common for parents to talk to their kids about who they hang out with offline. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Okay, yes. Um, maybe I'm overselling the it's very common. Should parents have those same conversations for who they hang out with online? Yes, Mm-hmm. Yes, certainly we know in the early years, parents have a way to monitor uh, what their children are doing on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's easier to actually see who they're talking to and what games they're playing and what their interactions are. Um, and hopefully, if that has gone well, um, then you can loosen the reins as children get older. However, I think there should still be conversations going on about who they're communicating with. As I was mentioning before, um, unfortunately, there are some people out there who do prey on uh, young children, on young teenagers, and unless there is open discussion about uh, who it is that you're talking to, um, kids can fall victim to mm-hmm. problems. 
Um, and, and of course, they're also open to bullying. There's a lot of cyber bullying. Sure. And that's certainly a major area of concern today. Uh, I, I was just going to add that a lot of people are afraid uh, when they go online. They're afraid of hackers, which absolutely 1,000% exist. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, the crime that happens is done on spoofing and phishing and essentially duping humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not so much that these hackers crack codes as they crack humans. Yes. And I yeah, think that's, that's an a good way to, thing put to it. understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very good way to put it. And and I just wanted to circle back really quick uh, about, you know, talking about offline, it's important to, to know who you associate yourself with because sometimes you might not be doing something wrong, but if the people you're hanging out with are doing things that are wrong, you might be, get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing online where, you know, you might not be doing anything wrong and might be doing all the right things. But if the people that you are connected with, and I know this is like an impossible task, but just something to think about, if the people you are connected with aren't good online citizens and they don't take their own security seriously, Mm -hmm. they could compromise your security. They are the weak link in that chain. Just like I mentioned the data sharing of stuff that was happening on Facebook, it was from friends of friends right. where they were gathering right. information. So just, that, again, it's an impossible thing to like protect against, um, but it's also something to think about if you know that this, this person is just like out there with all their stuff on online. Um, mm-hmm. something, to con- something to consider before you add them to every network that you have. Right, right. Um, Okay, and then the last question I have for you is, as a parent, if you feel your child is acting responsibly online, what do you think is an appropriate course of action? Uh, I'm sorry, if if you feel they're acting inappropriate, uh, what do you think is an appropriate action for the parent to take? Well, I think, you know, taking away their privileges, although you see, it's so hard because if they've got phones, and just about every kid has a phone these days at a very early age, they can get access that way. Um, I mean, you can limit their time on the phone, uh, on the on on the phone, on their tablets, on their computer. Um, what what is an appropriate action? I guess that really. I mean, do you, you take want- the phone from them? Is that going too far? Or, or what is an inappropriate action? I got it. So, so if, okay, let's, so, let's say, so let's say, let's say my... that you find out that they bullied somebody online. Let's just start there because I feel like that's a that's one that everybody can understand. Your okay. ch- your child was a cyber bully. What do you think okay. would be an appropriate action? Okay, to me, the first thing to do would be to have a discussion. Uh-huh. Um, to talk about, you know. What what motivated that kind of behavior? Um, trying to get them to understand what it meant to the other person, how it made the other person feel. I think that's probably more meaningful than I'm just taking your phone away. Mm-hmm. Um, to try to understand the person who the child who's bullying, where are they hurting? As much as we are very hurt by and insulted by, offended by the people who bully. The people who are the bullies are hurting. Mm -hmm. You don't bully somebody if you're not hurting. 
it is an outcry, really, for saying something's not okay with them. So I would really want to try to find out what's going on with you. You know, what what is it that's hurting you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily think that I would immediately punish. Um, I would really want to deal with that more with love. Mm, okay. Um, then I would continue with, you know, maybe wanting to have the person do some kind of responsible action. Um, to me, the more that you can be attentive and nip things in the bud, there's a lot of schools now that are saying, um, if you see somebody sitting alone, sit with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, I think there's a different kind of tactic that's being used that I think is appropriate. But if you're seeing that somebody's doing, um, you know, Steve, I'm going to give you my usual answer. It (laughs) It depends on the age of the child. It depends on what the behavior is. It depends on how long it's going on. Um, you know, are they just spending too much time? Um, on video games, mm-hmm. um, are they bullying? Are they visiting sites they shouldn't be visiting? So, you know, for instance, if it's the last thing that they're visiting sites they shouldn't be visiting, or if they're spending too much time, then I say, you know, curtail their activity. So it's very hard for me to just say to you across the board, if this is what a kid is doing, then absolutely this is what the punishment should be. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair response because there, there are so many variables to it. It would be, uh, I mean, it's almost an unfair question. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I like asking those. Um, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So I'm going to give you the, okay. uh, Wait, 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 but, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, so here's, I'm going to answer your last question is, which is, do I have anything more to add? I think the most important thing especially when it comes to children and the computer and the internet and everything else, is for, as parents, for us to take responsibility. Mm. And I think that, unfortunately, one of our biggest challenges today is the fact that the world moves fast. It's a society that There is a lot of pressure on us as parents. Most of us are in a dual income family. Our children are involved in a million activities. There's just so much going on. There's a lot of pressure. There's not a lot of time. And it's just hard to stay on top of all of it. Mm -hmm. So the answer really is to be involved, to really pay attention, um, to know what's going on with your children. Um, One of the best things we can do with our children is to have family dinners. And when we used to have our family dinners, we would always say, okay, let's talk about our days Mm -hmm. so that our children got an opportunity to talk, to share, and so we knew what was going on. I think that the more that we can do that, the better off we are. Mm-hmm. How realistic it is, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think, think 
I think you I can think establish that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say I think you can establish a rule of you know during dinner time we put the phones away at the dinner table or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I don't yeah. think that's an outrageous demand or request. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, and I'm so glad to that you brought up that final point about parents mm-hmm. taking just people taking responsibility in general. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually was one of the nerds that sat through and watched the congressional hearing with Mark Zuckerberg, the the founder of mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that bothered me so much about all of it was they put all this, all the onus and all the responsibility on the company for what mm-hmm. they were doing that was completely mm-hmm. legal uh, for the most part, and part of the service that they provided, um, and none of them had people take responsibility for what they mm-hmm. were doing online. And mm-hmm. again, it, bringing back to one of the original statements is I'm really glad that we're finally having the conversation mm-hmm. because I feel like we've been handed this box of firecrackers and we've been lighting them off, not thinking about what might possibly go wrong with this. Mm-hmm. And we're finally understanding the power that is within all of our grasps and I am a firm believer in the good that is available to us, but I think too many people um, have taken it for granted and not seen the potential downsides um, because the common uh, comment is, well, I have nothing to hide or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not doing anything bad online. So why do I care? And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you don't care until you find out that let's just say, you know, um, some service has been using your location data to give you a different rate on a loan because of where you go in on weekends or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it seems like just com- like super benign, but if they think that you are more susceptible to something based on where you travel to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or who you connect to online, that just seems like you don't think about those things, but th- knowing that knowledge is power, just think that we have the ultimate power machines in our pocket. So yep, yep. Anyway, um, thank you so much, Karen. This was awesome. Um, I, I I feel a little rusty. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this, um, but I'm really excited to uh, be back on. And um, so, thank you so much for your time, and look forward to doing it again soon. Okay, Steve. Take care. Thank you. Uh, And before we go, I want to remind everyone you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get all this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this as well as all a bunch more information uh, connecting to Karen, as well as thousands of articles, past podcasts, etc., on our website, hitchedmag.com. So until next time, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Explode. We're on top of the world tonight.